G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. Thank you for joining us. Really look forward to catching up with you again. Episode 2 of the year. Walsh and Lyle, a very good day to you guys. Very good day, Tony. How's it going, mate? Doing Excellent, well? thank you, buddy. Excellent. Uh, how was your weekend? Yeah, it was good, mate. It was good. I uh, went to a wrestling show, NAW, for the first time on Saturday night. Checked out some baseball on Sunday afternoon. Were well, you uh, impressed with the baseball? It was actually pretty good. Yeah, I got a little bit sunburned. I yeah. uh, didn't... You're only there for about four innings. Well, you know, if anyone's seen baseball... How did you get they, sunburned so quickly? Well, I'm very uh, Melbourne pasty white, which... Um, but no, no, the colour the color looks good on me at the minute. And we'll get your thoughts of the uh, Wrestle for Relief event as well. Uh, yeah, yep, yep, definitely. Look forward I'll, to uh, hearing that. I'll bring that up, yep. Hmm. Well, she? My end weekend was good. I was pretty busy. Um, had a good time at the Wrestling for Relief event, which yep. we'll cover later. And um, really excited about, well, firstly, last week's episode. The feedback was... Um, Pretty good. I don't think we're going to be able to live up to it because I've got nothing in the tank joke-wise. No. No, Joel was, Joel was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Joel was uh, very Charlie good. Charlie was great. Yeah. Um, you did watch a lot of Love Island. I, I did. I, I'm uh, glad that he uh, wasn't offended by some of my questions. Well, people were other people were offended by some of your questions. That I watched so much of it? or well, Yeah, people yeah. were offended by that, but also some of your line of questioning was bordering on inappropriate. Statistics-wise and stuff like that. Uh, he was the one that said it. <laughs> I didn't say. Anyway, back to wrestling. Um, we've got a big guest this week. Yeah, huge we guest. Absolutely huge. huge. There'll be nothing inappropriate about this guest. All right, it gives us great pleasure to catch up with a good friend of the program. Gee whiz, he's been a busy man in 2019, I'm sure. 2020 will be exactly the same. Robbie Eagles, good evening to you. A very good day to all of you fine gentlemen. <laughs> Good man. Hey, buddy, uh, how's it been for you? You've had a little bit of time at home. It's been great catching up with family again. Uh, yeah, Christmas was fun. I mean, I wasn't back for very long in between. Uh, I did a bunch of events at Corican Hall right before Tokyo Dome. Uh, so it was probably about five or six days that I was actually home over that Christmas period and then right back off on a plane again. Um, and that's where I was hanging out with uh, our very own Welchi uh, in Tokyo. Yes, and um, he hasn't stopped talking about it either. <laughs> let me tell you. But well, on that though, Robbie, when you had the event for the travelling uh, fans uh, a couple of nights before the the Tokyo Dome, um, how did it feel to have so many people at the pub there that were supporting you and were re- just as excited as anybody to see you finally realise a tick off a goal of walking out at the Tokyo Dome? It's pretty cool. I mean, um, for me. All these sort of things that are starting to come my way, especially via New Japan Pro Wrestling, is all bucket list stuff. And the Tokyo Dome was something that I never really thought I would be able to achieve. Um, Gino Gambino paving the way, doing it first, really made it a potential. And, you know, even before him, we had our own uh, Mikey Nichols and Shane Thorne, then Shane Haste, actually be a part of a, I think it was like an eight man or a five on five tag team match a few years before. So there was a possibility that it could happen, but for me, I just always looked at it like it was a pipe dream and it was never actually going to happen. So this is kind of like phase one, the the pre-show coming from the dugout. The next achievement will be having twice as many people there to be just as excited or twice as excited for me to actually make an entrance from the ramp. 
the feeling of being an Australian overseas and having Australians in the crowd, you know, is it really patriotic for you? I mean, is there a little bit of a tear knowing that there's just people that have come from so far away just to see you wrestle? Yeah, that's why I had the, the meet, like not a meet and greet, but the meet-up event at the um, the British Hub nearby the Tokyo Dome a couple nights before because it was my way of saying appreciation and thanks not only for the people that were there to support me, but for the people there that have made their way over to Tokyo from wherever they've come from um, in support of New Japan Pro Wrestling because I want to be a part of this company and I want to see it grow. I want to see it grow further than it already has. And I think the reach that New Japan has in Australia is constantly in a growth, like it, from week to week to month to month. If you look at the years of when we first started having, you know, viewing parties for Wrestle Kingdom across Australia to now, I think there's way more fans that don't just have Bullet Club shirts because they're the cool thing to have, but they also have shirts from, you know, Chaos and they have LIJ merchandise, which is probably the hottest thing to own right now, amongst other things. So the popularity of New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, in Australia growing as a alternative wrestling product to view and watch for me, it's just it's it's very exciting to see those people actually make the trek for the shows, whether it is Tokyo Dome or you know I was lucky enough to hang out with some Australians that came to Best of Super Juniors and that were there for Super Junior Tag League and some of the more random events. Um, it's just very humbling because you know some of these people I see and I wrestle in front of a an eighty capacity crowd and then I'm seeing them in the audience of a a two thousand or four thousand or you know thirty thousand seat arena. And what's it like? Um, obviously, you got a great reception. The crowd were very uh, welcoming. Just walking into the Tokyo Dome for the the first time on that entrance, how, how was that? Was it, you know, butterflies? And what was the experience like? Yeah, it was like I mean, I feel like I use the word surreal in podcasts. So I'm trying not to use that anymore <laughs> because everything is so surreal. But stepping into the building, even on the first day when I wasn't participating, and just getting a feel for everything. I had been there once before in 2012. Myself and Jonathan Gresham actually went and watched a baseball game when we were competing for Pro Wrestling Zero One, and uh, that w- that in itself was like a ridiculous atmosphere because a I don't go to baseball games very often, and b it was the Tokyo Dome. I already knew how special that place was, so to be there in the like the high end bleachers right up the top watching this baseball game and seeing how excited the crowd was. I was like, okay, this would be really awesome if I could, you know, live the dream and wrestle here. So then stepping into the building on the first night and really taking it in and seeing the setup and seeing the ramp and, you know, seeing people like Will Ospreay go through the timing of his entrance and stuff like that, like very humbling experience for me because it made me appreciate all the hardship that I'd gone through to get there. Kevin Kelly actually took me aside whilst I was doing this and looking at the whole arena and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, make sure to take it all in tomorrow. Don't waste a moment when you're walking from that dugout to the ring. And although I kept repeating those words to myself before I had to walk out for that never six man tag team gauntlet match, it went by in a blur. I tried looking at the stands and looking at everyone and taking it all in. But before you knew it, it was it was it was all said and done for me, and I was like, "Damn, I I don't think I really took it in like Kevin said as much as he told me." Now I saw you the night before you wrestled at the Tokyo Dome, and you weren't yourself. You were very quiet, um, and you almost was like you were introverted that night. Um, how what was going through your mind twenty four hours out from your match? 
Yeah, I think a lot of people were kind of um, hitting the nail on the head with the way that they put this. It was more, I got to spend the whole first day watching the entire first night of the Tokyo Dome event from the pre-show to the main event with Okada and Ibushi. And then once that match ended, and once we knew, you know, the main event's going to be Naito and Okada for the double gold the next night, reality set in for me. And I went, okay, cool. Now I'm not just sitting down and watching my my friends and foes participate. Now it's my turn. Oh, not only that, tomorrow's an earlier start. So, (laughs) you know, I need to make sure I'm well rested. So that's part of why I was probably a little bit more quiet, a little bit more introverted, as you will. I was starting to get prepared mentally, um, not knowing what I was going to walk into the next day, of course, because a match is what a match is. And uh, knowing that there was six teams in total, I believe if I've got my calculations correct, or it might have been seven, um, knowing that there was a possibility of having up to five matches in that gauntlet match, I was pretty much shit scared of what the potential was going to be the next day. So nervousness, uh, a little bit of anxiety, a lot of, you know, emotional sort of thoughts going through my head as well about what was going to happen the next day. Um, so that's where I was at. I was in preparation mode already. And, uh, yeah, it was it was very hard to sleep that night. But um, I think things went as well as they could have. You did have a fantastic showing uh, in that match and you got through quite a few. You didn't win the match, but you uh, got very close what were you thinking as the teams were coming out and you kept winning? Well, first of all, I like I kind of thought, okay, this is fate and destiny when the Bullet Club came out and Farley's on the other side because I apparently still owe him 60% every time I see him. So that was that was kind of the first thing going through my head and I was like, all right, well, he's going to try and drag it or, you know, stomp it out of me. Um, for me to last with Farley in the ring, I don't know how I was able to keep on going and then... You know, Suzuki-gun to come back out, and they're, they're a team that have kind of constantly had my number. So I, I didn't think it was likely that we would gain the victory in that one. Um, and I pulled out the upset for what a lot of people are calling, um, and I rolled up Kanemaru in that. And for me, that was a special moment, is getting the one, two, three in the Tokyo Dome. That's, that's something that's going to last with me forever. And then you had LAJ walk out, and I'm like, oh, shit, Shingo's on the other side. So I started you know, pissing in my boots a little bit, metaphorically. Um, and I just tried my hardest. Uh, one of the guys uh, backstage said, man, you put in some minutes in that, in that gauntlet match. And every time I was in there, I tried to keep a pace that I, I felt like not many people could match. It was very much a Robbie Eagles pace, but... Um, that's what I wanted to do. If I was going to be in there for, you know, six minutes or 18 or 30, I wanted to make sure people were trying to keep up with me, not the other way around. And that's in spite of spending the night before the Tokyo Dome with Welshie. He's not a, the greatest of influences, uh, mm-hmm. but you stayed point. on the waters in spite of him. So that's very good. Yeah, I tried to keep the diet. And uh, I mean, guys, if we're talking about who's a good influence or not, Lyle, we've got to talk about your date soon, right? Oh. <laughs> well, we were going to talk about it in the second half, but if you want to bring it up now, Rob, we were more than happy to. I was just atrociously shocked <laughs> on the fact that he put on Facebook, finally a date night with our kids, knowing that he was going out with his best friend's wife. Um, yeah, mate, I'm probably going to stay away from you, to be honest. I'm happily married for almost two years, and I'd like to keep it going that way. Well, you know, after last night, I can I can say myself and my best mate are still happily married 
to our respective uh, wives. Um, actually wasn't expecting to uh, get into this so early, and especially with <laughs> Robbie Eagles. But, uh, yeah, it was actually a really, really good night. Um, you know, perfect gentleman. Uh, just I a peck on the cheek. And, yeah, no, it was good. I'm looking forward to the second date, actually. So you didn't hold hands <laughs> at any point? Or... <laughs> I think you guys you guys are going to hook up a, uh, a mic to Lyle for the next one so we can all see the actual uh, GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> Find out if he was a perfect gentleman or if it was awkward AF. Anyway, I wasn't the worst influence in the bar that night because Session Moth was there. Okay. Like, so, you know, I was the lesser of two evils. Yeah, Welchie was actually looking after me, making sure I stayed away from uh, Martina that night, so. Well, very good. All right. We're very proud of you, Brett. We're very proud of you. Now, last time we spoke to you, you were a member of the Bullet Club, and now you're a member of Chaos. Um. Do you feel a lot of people spoke about it being an odd fit? You in the Bullet Club? Do you feel a lot more comfortable in chaos? Yeah, a, a thousand percent. I I feel like I'm finally in my own skin in New Japan Pro Wrestling because it was kind of like in the Bullet Club. I constantly had to prove myself to the guys, and I was almost portraying someone that I definitely am not. Um, I was going against my own morals in professional wrestling. And what I wanted to do in New Japan when I first started there and, you know, still to this day is I just want to compete. I just want to be the best I can be and leave it all in the ring. And that's why, you know, things that guys like El Tasmo and now Ishimori because he's influenced by him and some of the other guys in the Bullet Club, you know, I get really annoyed by the things that they do to win. And, yeah, they walk away with victories and, yeah, they walk away with the W in the record books. But, <laughs> I mean, I'd, w- I'd rather walk away with an L against my name knowing that I've laid it all out there and I haven't done anything without like outside the rules to you know gain that victory so that's why i'm like i'm appreciative of a loss as long as i know that i played fair and i fought my hardest so being in chaos um being with such great people in chaos look at look at the people in there you know you've got okada goto ishii yoshihashi rocky who's such a veteran that's helped me out so much since i've been in chaos and really looked after me and given me great advice and then being in a team with Will Ospreay finally now as well has really, I think, brought me to a new level in terms of my my wrestling ability in the ring as well, as well as my confidence and just my willingness to just kind of go with the flow and be myself. So it, it definitely is the right position for me. Um, and it was the first offer that came my way from New Japan Pro Wrestling. I just wish I thought a bit a bit more about what choice I made back in October 2018. We were fortunate enough to be at Festival Hall last year where we saw the start of that leaving uh, Bullet Club and heading towards chaos. And how did it play out in the uh, ensuing months to the final move and, and the response? The next night. The final move was the next night, Tony. <laughs> well, it was sort of, yes. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it was in Sydney. That's right. The response is what I'm looking for, though, from the, uh, the people back in Japan who had gotten used to you to being a part, of, obviously, of the Bullet Club. And then the change. What was the response there? Well, look, I think uh, Welchie and I might have spoken about this uh, over the time in Tokyo, but uh, it it was very 50-50 in the sense of some people are very faithful to the Bullet Club. So there was a lot of people that were hurt by my decision. But then there was almost the equal amount, if not a slight bit more, people that were more on side now that I had switched switch sides and was showing my true potential because that's ultimately what I was able to do. I didn't have to impress anyone anymore because Will already knew how good I was from the matches we had had. And he was the one that was singing my praises from the get-go. So I was able to just go out there and do it. Um, 
Do I still get hate mail from Bullet Club fans on Twitter and Instagram? Yeah, every day almost. <laughs> but imagine what it would have been like if Twitter and Instagram were around when the NWO was at its peak. It would have been the same thing yeah. for anyone that jumps jump ship. So, I mean, I, I just like to look at it in that sense that maybe I'm uh, a macho man equivalent going from the black and white to the red and black. Um, but as long as they keep supporting and tuning in, then I'm I'm happy for them to throw their hate mail my way. But as soon as they go, I'm not tuning in because you did this, then we have a problem and that's going to be an issue for me in the long run because I want them to support the company overall. Now, without making this uh, interview more awkward than you made it earlier, um, <laughs> obviously you're a great friend of the show and Gino Gambino is a close personal friend of Welshie's. What's your relationship uh, like with Gino at the minute? Um very rocky yeah it's it's not often that we're able to actually have a conversation it's not often that we're actually in the same room uh when he posted about the chris jericho signed uh not signed but ring worn singlet from wrestle kingdom as part of the the auction to go towards the the bushfire relief um he did mention that jericho had spoken to he and i but it was not at the same time uh they were two separate conversations both one-on-one uh, we don't even share the same bus. We're never, we're never on the same schedules, like in terms of arriving to the airports and things like that. It's always I'm in and then Gino's after or vice versa. Um, we're never checking into the hotel at the same time either. And uh, often, oftentimes when Gino is on the road with us for a string of shows, he's at a separate hotel to where I am. Um, so that's pretty much where we're at. Um, and after what happened the last time I was in MCW, after I wrestled Em and the Kid, you know, I'd like to keep it that way because if Gino does come into the same room as me, I can't be responsible for what I do the next time I see him. I can actually confirm that Gino messaged me uh, wanting to catch up for a beer. And he was found... that for the uh, poker and strippers night? No, no, it was a different night. He wanted to catch up for a beer, but I was with Robbie and he said, fuck that, I'm not coming. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, he knows what's good for him. <laughs> uh, interesting scenario with Will's Ospreay, uh, Will Ospreay, who was here uh, a week or two ago uh, at MCW and throwing out the challenge, effectively, of the uh, the Bullet Club and Chaos, the, and Chaos uh, match here in at an MCW event. Uh, does that excite you at all? Are you going to be a part of that? Can you let us know anything about that? If I am not a part of it, then it means the stars have done the opposite of aligning for me, for me to live in Australia, be an Australian member of chaos and then not be a part of the match that happens in MCW would be an utter travesty. And the only reason that I could say that that could happen is because Gino Gambino might have something to do with that. So unless he's an honorable fighter, unless he actually wants a challenge and he wants to prove how good the Bullet Club are and that MCW is Bullet Club territory, like he said to me, then he won't do anything to stop me from being there. And for all I care, two on two, three on three, four on four, five on five, team versus team, get them all involved. Even Peter can be in it if she wants to, but I do not care. I need to get my hands on Gino Gambino. And if the rest of the Bullet Club are involved, I've already said countless times that I will not rest until I shoot each and every one of them down. So Will's speaking for the both of us there. Will did mention, I think, three on three, didn't he? And, and we yeah, sort of... I think there's... I don't know what it's going to be because it's not Will's decision, but he definitely said it'll be Chaos versus Bullet Club. Yeah, so... 
Yeah, well, it's going to be whatever it is. That's going to be something to very much look forward to down the track at uh, NMC this year. Whether it be well, you guys, three, yeah. you guys have two Australian members in chaos. Don't forget that. We do. Ah, we've yes. got Mikey as well. Um, so I think that chaos will probably get most of the fan support because Will's almost an honor honorary Australian too. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. He may not have moved here, like you said, but his heart still lives here. Well, I think that was evident two uh, two weeks ago when he came down here with the uh, the broken heel or the fractured heel or whatever he had, and actually still continued to fight down here in Melbourne, even though he was advised not to by people back in Japan. So for him to do that, you're definitely right. His heart is 100% here in Australia. And one of those people that advised him not to was me, because <laughs> he's a silly man and he needs to look after his body and... I hate him sometimes, but I also love him. So, now um, speaking of based in Japan, is are you looking at um, maybe cutting down on the flights and 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 having some sort of a semi permanent base in Japan at some stage? Because it would definitely be probably good for your body. Yeah, the travel is something that is starting to take a toil. Um, that's something that a lot of wrestlers will will bring up, especially the, the ones that travel very frequently. And going from Australia, nowhere is close. Even when people go, oh, it's only nine hours or it's only 10 hours. It's a long it's still hours. nine. Yeah, it's still nine or 10 hours. Whereas I can take a one hour flight to Melbourne for MCW, right? So yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that I'm thinking about. It, it helps that my wife is very interested in the thoughts of living overseas, whether it's Japan, whether it's somewhere else. Um, that's something that we're you know, possibly investigating, but my heart will always be in Australia because I owe everything to everyone I've crossed paths with here um, and everyone that's come to support me on any show in Australia because that's why I am where I am now. It's all because of everything that has happened in this country and all the work that I've put in here. So even if I do base myself somewhere else, um, it would only be temporary and I would be, I would be coming back to Australia at some point. Now we had a we had an extensive conversation about um, when you were first signed by New Japan, uh, your job situation at the time. Um, I was wondering if would is there any chance you could share that story with us about how you had ended your previous employment? Because indie wrestlers, when you were working in Australia, you're obviously required to have a full time job, um, and it's not conducive to wrestling. Um, but that story actually really moved me, and I was hoping that you might be able to share it. Yeah, I can I can share that. I don't think I've really spoken about it openly, um, besides you know in small conversations like what we had. But uh, I had been working for a company full time for the the past six years, uh, up to February of last year, and I had continued to move pretty high up in this company. And a lot of people know it's no secret. I don't want to put the company out there in case they don't want to be involved in wrestling podcasts. But uh, there's a lot of fans that continue to tag me in the photos because I did one photo shoot for this company and they continue to use my face for things like the sides of the buildings and their marketing online. Oh, so good on them for Ka getting... Kawaii. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. I mean... I know one of the guys that works there in the marketing department has a Japanese wife, so that's actually quite fitting. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're kind of like wringing the towel dry on that. Um, but good on them for continuing to do that. I guess as my star grows, it makes more sense. So uh, maybe we'll get some uh, percentages and royalties coming my way. But in a long story short, 
uh, it got to a point in, in February of 2019 um, and even a little bit before that where I knew I had a few trips upcoming. I was going to New Zealand uh, for SPW. I had uh, a whole bunch of bookings set for Mania Week in New York and New Jersey for April that year. And I knew there were some things on the horizon with New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. So uh, it got to the point where I was in a pretty high um, status with the company and they were like, look, we, we kind of need you here more often because we're happy to let you go, but uh, your workload is kind of, you know, showing for it. You're, you're getting through stuff, but you're not getting through it at the speed we want and we want to see more results from you. So I had a conversation with my superiors and by the end of the day, I'd made a decision with them to say, look, you know, if you guys can't give me the flexibility that I need, there's no other position for me here other than what you've given me already, then I'm going to have to say goodbye because this is something that I, I need to bet on myself for once. And uh, the next day we had like a, it was pre-planned well in advance. So I knew about this, uh, this thing the next day we had like a, an offsite meeting with my whole team at that, at that um, company. So it was like a whole day of planning the next year ahead. And then the first thing my team leader said to the rest of the team is, you know, there's, there's an unfortunate thing that we have to discuss, but Robbie's going to be leaving us in the next four weeks. He's given his notice and he's going to pursue his wrestling, et cetera, et cetera, because everyone knew about it. At 4 p.m. that day, well, actually, no, it was probably about midday. So around lunchtime, I get a text from Rocky Romero and Rocky says, hey, I need you to call me. Let me know when you're free. And I'm shitting myself thinking, oh, no, I've done something wrong. I'm never getting booked in New Japan again. Uh but fortunately, what happened is when I left the offsite meeting at 4 p.m. that day, I nervously rang Rocky, and that's when he informed me that New Japan were interested in me coming on full-time, which shocked me to no end. So the next thing I did is I called my wife, who knew I was on my way home from this offsite work meeting, who had prepared for me to be a jobless, almost homeless, but living in a home indie wrestler, surviving off T-shirt sales and whatever else I and could her do. Wages. <laughs> exactly exactly uh so i called her and basically in a panic i'm just like babe 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 and she thought maybe i'd had a car accident or something so she's like oh my god are you okay what's wrong what's wrong and then i told her the news and all she could say was are you joking because within a 24-hour time period i had quit my six-year career for nothing i had nothing on the horizon that was going to set me up for anything and absolutely no indication well, you were looking at Uber. No. You were looking at Uber Eats driving at one stage, weren't you? I I had already signed up to it and was like maybe four weeks prior. So in January 2019, had already started doing it on the weekends, kind of preparing myself that this could be something that I needed to to do to fulfill my needs in my household. Um, so I already had that, and I still do. I just haven't logged on for a long time. Who's going to write uh, the script for this, Robbie? This is a movie. <laughs> well, I mean, as long as Taron Edgerton from The Kingsman plays me, I'll, I'll be happy either way. <laughs> but oh, yeah, literally, there was nothing to indicate that I was even close to scoring a deal anywhere. Um, I was infrequent with New Japan. I was uh, someone that they did value and like and they were bringing in, and I knew I was getting brought in in the future, but uh, I didn't know it was going to be on a full-time basis. And then... That call changed my life, yeah, and I thank, I thank Rocky for it all the time. Robbie, we hear, we see Will get asked a question a fair bit over time. You know, why doesn't he try his hand over in the states at the WWE and the like? And he keeps coming back with the same question that you know it's just not for him and, and the like. Having experienced now what you've experienced with New Japan Wrestling, can you understand 
where he's at and do you feel the same as Will does in regards to pursuing a, uh, a gig overseas at, in the States? Yeah, I think uh, I, I very much share the same mentality. And, but the, for me, it's always been that uh, wrestling in Japan has been the goal for me because uh, as wrestling moved on from the Monday Night Wars period, when I got to my teen years, uh, there was no real cruiserweight or light heavyweight division in the WWE. So I kind of looked at that as like, look, even if I did land an opportunity there, uh, it might not work out for me because I'm a smaller guy. I'm very much able to do this style of wrestling and that's not something that they feature on their product. So I never really looked into that very much. That's why I took an opportunity with Zero One in 2012, um, thanks to Jag Hartley Jackson and his camp of wrestlers at Wrestle Rampage. And then when the New Japan stuff came, that was always a goal for me because that was something that I grew up watching. The the Super J Cups from the the mid-90s, 94, 95, you know, having guys like Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko and the likes, you know, that that's the stuff that truly inspired me to be a professional wrestler amongst people like Amazing Red, who I've been able to share rings with as part of New Japan now. Um, hearing the differences of the styles and the way that the days flow from beginning to end from people that we obviously know in the WWE system now, uh, like your Jonah Rocks and things like that, um, it's not that either are, are good or bad, right? Um, there's just differences. And I prefer what I'm accustomed to in New Japan now. I feel like maybe we have um, some freedom with the way that we perform in New Japan as opposed to what it may be like in other places. And that's something that I prefer to do because I like to wrestle the way that I can wrestle best. Whereas if I'm forced to do it another way, it might not be my best performance each and every time. Now, um, is you got to share the ring with uh, Liger in one of his final matches and his final Australian match, uh, and also the to top it off. It was in a PWA ring. What was that whole experience like? Oh man, it was nuts. <laughs> uh, being in that building too, like first time for PWA to be in the factory theater, um, to see it laid out in a different way to what it'd normally be for the Lucha Fantastica events that were held there. And then having Liger come in, someone that's, you know, helped me since I've been in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he's one of the nicest guys in the locker room. He, uh, he always watches the monitor to see how things are going. He's always willing to give advice to some of the newer wrestlers, like myself. Um, it was very special because he is one of the reasons that a lot of us are able to do what we do today, even from an independent standpoint. Because if it weren't, if it weren't for him and, say, Brian Pillman back in WCW you know, a few decades ago, we might not have this explosion of cruiserweight or junior heavyweight style wrestling on the Western front. So I'm very thankful for everything that he's done. And he's basically the epitome of being a power ranger in professional wrestling. Look at how he's dressed. So he's been like my ultimate dream because those were the things that I was into as a kid before I was into pro wrestling. And he combined all of it, the cartoon, the power ranger aspect of the costume and he brought it all to real life. I mean, I, I'm so forever thankful for him to actually make his way out to Sydney, to PWA for that event as well. And for me to be a part of it, uh, I'll always cherish that, I think, um, every day. And you got to be in the ring uh, for his actual farewell as well, which was fantastic. Not that I had any clue what was going 
How is your Japanese, Robbie? Have you uh, learned a bit in the last year? Uh, it's getting better. Um, definitely leading up to this trip for the Tokyo Dome, knowing that my, my wife was coming, she was very heavily invested in learning phrases so that she could say them very um, you know quickly and just right, right off the bat get them correct. So there was a lot of YouTube studying, and I think almost by osmosis, I just absorbed some of that that I didn't already have in my back pocket. But the, uh, the other thing that's a feature for me is um, one of the students here at the Pro Wrestling Academy, uh, you guys might have seen her perform, uh, Charlotte Yates. She's one of the Green she's Dingoes. Excellent. Yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's a great performer in the ring. I think she's definitely one to watch out for this year. Um, but she speaks fluent Japanese. Wow. So I get, to, uh, I get to practice my Japanese while she gets to practice her wrestling. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, Hiromu's uh, defeated Will and won the light heavyweight title um you pinned Hiromu in his return match is is this something that you're going to be leveraging to try and get your next shot at the title if I can I definitely will be uh, I wasn't jumping the gun when I saw that Dragon Lee and Hiromu have some unsettled business and that came up as a the match that's coming up for this new beginning tour and ending in Osaka for their big title match um, Dragon Lee's a guy I respect a lot and he's been in New Japan longer than me. So I, I, am very humble in that, in that sense. And I'm going to allow people to take their position like they rightfully should. It's very much like the Senpai Kohai system that, um, all of Japan embodies in a business ethic. So Dragon Lee, he can have his opportunity first. And if he wins the championship, then he's going to be the man that I'm targeting. But at this stage, I'm just doing what I've done best in my career I'm going to be there. I'm going to do the best I can do. I'm going to sit and be humble, almost be a little bit more quiet. So I go undetected because that is why I am the sniper of the skies. I will take my shot when I've got Hiromu correctly in my sights or whoever holds the championship at the right time. Now, we brought up the uh, bushfires in passing earlier. Um, obviously, Chris Jericho uh, you know, auctioning off his ring uh, one year which was amazing but also new japan putting out a charity t-shirt you know for someone like yourself that was you know your family personally affected by it having that kind of support from the wrestling community what does that mean to you yeah it's it, it's crazy to see like on twitter that new japan have brought out a charity t-shirt that's kind, that's kind of something that i woke up to one morning and uh you know getting emails from people in the office to say you know thankfully we've been able to do this um for them to keep me in mind as part of that is just very special and it makes me very thankful to work for such a great company. Um, but everyone's doing their bit. Like the Iconics uh, are doing their bit and auctioning off stuff that they probably had from their own personal personal um, you know, uh, stock and things that like uh, I know um, Peyton Royce was, I think she's auctioning off the, the stuff that she wore for the Super Showdown. So for her, that meant a great deal to her. She didn't have to do that, but she's obviously touched by everything that's happening and she wants to do her part too. Um, so I am thankful for anything that anyone's doing, especially having my family been affected. Um, it's very hard to deal with being away from Australia when I heard that news. And uh, I, I was telling Welchie that there's a, uh, a very daunting video that my brother posted of him returning to his house after having been evacuated with them not knowing if their house was still going to be standing. Mm. And, you know, the, the cries of his children as they 
turn up to their driveway to see that their house is rubble on the ground is something that I, I probably won't ever forget. Um, and that's why I am very grateful for anyone that a chipped in towards my brother's GoFundMe because that's going to get him to a great place. Um, at least like start him off and get him back on his feet a little bit and, uh, be anyone that is donating to anything that's going to help us in this, in this time. And I don't know if you guys are getting it in Melbourne, but the, the rain and storm here, as much as it's been, you know, yeah. a bit scary with the thunderstorms and things like that, the rain has been so needed. I just want to make sure like I'm forever hopeful that it gets to the right places. I think yeah, exactly. it's against the law to complain about the rain in Australia at the moment. That's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. We, uh, we, you'll be happy to know too that uh, MCW, the Melbourne Aces, had a fantastic uh, event yesterday out at the uh, Melbourne Ballpark. Uh, over a thousand people turned up uh, through the day, you know, 12 bucks a head through the gate, all uh, being donated. So some fantastic numbers and uh, just really great to see both communities getting behind the, uh, the bushfire relief and Blaze Aid is the cherry that... Uh, they are looking after and uh, the wrestlers just performed a, a fantastic event went for a couple of hours and uh, they got some new people who had never seen wrestling before who just absolutely loved it and i'm sure the melbourne aces got the same too so a great event down here yesterday robbie yeah i, I was in touch with mr bateman uh leading up to that and uh there, there was going to be a point where i i may have been involved but we couldn't get the schedules to match just because of prior commitments but i was very happy to see everyone get involved in it and have a great time and obviously go towards a great cause um everyone's doing their part like we kind of spoke about so i'm i'm very thankful for for joel for putting that together and for everyone that was a part of wrestling for relief that day um i know pwa the weekend before raised about three thousand dollars towards yeah. the rfs um just through the the special merchandise table and the raffle and things of the like which was great to see from you know one strong unit of people in sydney that night so Hopefully it just continues and we get uh, the backing that, you know, these people are, like the RFS need and we can, you know, go towards helping this get better. Now on a, uh, a lighter note, we'll have a little bit of fun uh, to end the interview. Um, are we going to, 2020, are we going to see a little bit more in-ring karaoke from uh, Robbie Eagles? <laughs> oh, Jesus, I don't think so. <laughs> that was a one-time deal. Um, what was the song of choice? Well, the song of choice, of course, in front of a wrestling audience, and I don't know how it hasn't been done before, but it had to be My Sacrifice by Creed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, Literally tough, every, tough. every bar that I hit, I was picturing what, what pose someone was hitting in their original Desire video that <laughs> put together. Tough, tough gig. And um, you've been watching 90s movies lately. What's been the pick of the bunch? <sighs> Well, I watched Empire Records for the first time, what and a great uh, movie. yeah, that was. I don't know how I had left it go for so long before actually watching it. I knew it was something that I always had to watch, but I guess it just never really came up. Um, yeah, so that was one. I, I went back and watched The Mask recently, and there's a lot of jokes in that that I didn't catch as a kid. So I have a newfound appreciation for that movie as well. And Jim Carrey, anything Jim Carrey, especially from the '90s, is just classic. Now, what was your take on Clueless? Was that a was that a good one? Uh, look, I watched that to death in high school because I think we had to study it at one point in English class. So I was so zoned out from having seen scene after scene repetitively and studied it that it was kind of just on in the background. And I appreciate it. And there were still some jokes that got me. But 
Straight on to the next one, please. It was good that you could see Ant-Man in that movie, and he hasn't aged a day since. Oh, yeah, Paul Rudd, the man that <laughs> lives in a, uh, a time machine. Certainly does. Hey, Robbie, a, a final one for me. We'll have some listener questions soon too as we well. We will, yeah, but a, a final one for me. 2019 was such a big year for you in regards to the fact that you exploded onto the scene at New Japan and, and the like. How easy or how hard is it for you to set personal goals for 2020 and, and know where you want to be come December 31 at the end of this year? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't really sat down and thought about that too much, to be honest, Tony. Um, goals for me, like, I mean, the, the obvious ones are winning championships in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's, that's an ultimate thing for me now. And I think if I'm fortunate enough, you know, I'd like to secure a spot in the best of the Super Juniors this year. That's something that I want to gun towards. So I'm going to really try and show that I still belong amongst all the juniors in the junior division of New Japan Pro Wrestling. But the one that I'll never get rid of year after year, it's always written down, it's always on my whiteboard at home, is make Australian wrestling bigger than it was the previous year. Mm. And whatever I can do, whether it's me being a part of that in-ring or if it's me just being a voice and promoting that from afar, I'm going to be doing absolutely everything I can in 2020 to get places like PWA and MCW and EPW and Wrestle Rampage and the Australian Wrestling League in Queensland now and, and all these places to be performing at the the correct arenas for the the effort that the talent are putting forward. And that's been the biggest thing for me is, you know, getting stadium sized performances in community halls. We've moved past those community halls now, I think, but we're in that middle tier. So the next thing is, okay, how do we get to that upper tier of being in the right venues that we so rightfully belong in? Yeah, hundred percent. And then every year there's more, more guys getting trained who you must see burst onto the scene and, and you want to get in the ring with, that must excite you because some of the young guys in Australia at the moment are incredibly talented. Yeah, give me Royce Chambers already. Oh. That's the one I want to see as well. <laughs> the amount of blokes that are putting their hands up for him, it's amazing. Well, he's he's got a lot of talent, but, um, you know, I think he, he keeps coming back with the smile on his face, so I think I might need to wipe that from him. Yeah, I think what a wrestler can't learn um, with 20 minutes in the ring with Robbie Eagles isn't worth learning. Oh, that's a t-shirt right there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got some listener questions. Yes. Uh, Tony, do you want to go first? Uh, no, you can. I'm going to get I'm one going up. last, Tony. I've, right, uh, you go first I've got one from uh, County off Twitter. Do you agree that the podcast should have played the Rapongi 3K theme by now? You guys haven't? Not uh, yet. No, We're holding yet. off because she keeps asking for it. To be honest. Oh, okay. Keep it, keep it waiting so she tunes in every every time you guys release a new episode. I get it, I get it. But it is a banger of a theme. We know. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we did we did have a Japanese theme on last week. We didn't had we? two Japanese. Yeah, themes we did last two. Week. You're right. Exactly. So infiltrating Tony. Uh, Corey wants to know if you still have Vegemite on your toast. Uh, I have never had Vegemite on my toast. Never and that's not a the Vegemite one thing. Man. That is one thing that I'm very un-Australian by. Marmite or just <laughs> nothing? If you're not going to have Vegemite, surely you're not going to have Marmite. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's no, no mite for Robbie. No beef extract for Robbie. I've got a question from uh, Mrs. Kennedy. Uh, can I have some money? <laughs> Jesus. What's, what's mine is hers. She knows that. 
And you know that too, Welchie. You spoke I've to it yourself. It. I've seen it in action. Yeah. She sticks her hand out. The wallet comes out. Off she goes to the bar. I want to know why she's a Kennedy and not an Eagles. Why didn't she take your name at marriage? <laughs> well, it's either, it's either me handing over money or me handing over my hub card. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> no, that hub got a decent workout that night, that's for sure. Ooh, the amount of points I got on that, baby. I'm very thankful <laughs> for everyone at that event. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, it was an absolute thrill to see you walk out at the Tokyo Dome. And I know that I got a lot of messages from a lot of people in Australia who were jealous and are already planning trips next year, hoping to see you do it for a second time. And I just wanted to congratulate you for that. And you deserve every success that you have. Oh, thank you. I, I really do appreciate that. And look, for me, it was an absolute honor to share it with such wonderful people as well, um, from a distance and close by. Um, I'm very fortunate to be part of the roster of New Japan Pro Wrestling. We've got a great locker room. And for all of you guys that attended or even viewed it at home, um, it's very special for me because I still look at myself as you know, the 10-year-old kid that said he was always going to be a pro wrestler and never thought that any of these things were going to come true. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us. As always, uh, we really do appreciate your time and uh, look forward to catching up again soon. All right. Can't wait to see you guys in Melbourne when I'm there next. And we've got some stickers for you as well, as promised. Yeah, we have too. Oh, well, I've got four suitcases that need to be filled with more stickers, so hold on to them for me, guys. Roger that. Robbie Eagles joining us here on the Turnbuckle. And welcome back on the Turnbuckle Part 2 for this week. And that bringing us into Part 2, of course, is the music of Indy Hartwell. We'll talk about her in just a tick. But first of all, he's refreshing. He really is. He just loves having a chat, and it's just so good to see Robbie Eagles when you catch up with him. It's just great. I know that um, I'm close personal friends with Gino Gambino, so I'm a little bit... How does it work for you? I don't understand this. I can compartmentalise, Tony. Um, But... Honestly, the it was actually so such an amazing experience in Tokyo to have spent like at a reasonably long amount of time yeah. over two nights with Robbie, and um, I feel like some of the stories that he told me. I mean, we didn't get to everything that that we spoke about, but you just got a real sense of who he is as a person, and I hope some of that came across during the interview. Yes. And and he's also a bandwagoner. He likes to jump uh, on it and uh, throw me under the bus. So I really appreciated that, Robbie. Uh, great to know. How's he a bandwagoner? Well, everyone else, you know, threw him under the bus last week. He's just following suit. Yeah, well, but hang on. Some you're people to yourself, mate. When you when you act unscrupulously, oh, it's a total gentleman. It's not what I've heard. Well, good to know. He listened to the show, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he actually knew, knew what your name was. You don't have to thrust your hand and announce it next time you see him. With my surname straight after. Yeah. Right, <laughs> no. I, I was listening to last week's show, and at the start of the show, he introduced himself as Tony Shebeki. That's good. That's good. Did I really? Yes. Yeah. Well, it was a new year, Tony. You to... That's right. Exactly. Yeah, there's probably new a couple of new listeners. episodes. Like the, the Love Island crowd were listening. Yeah, that's right. Smart. A lot of new listeners. Very smart. Uh, as we speak to it, it's absolutely pelting down. In Melbourne, as we record, it's pissing this now. <laughs> it's great to see. Hopefully, it's hitting uh, the affected areas. Yeah. I do not have an umbrella, so I'll be standing under Lyle. 
as we go back to the car. Well, fair enough too, because I'm probably driving him home again. Uh, wrestling for relief yesterday. We were recording this on a Monday today, uh, this week actually, and uh, so wrestling on the relief last weekend. Yes, and great it show, was, good look, show. Honestly, show. it was a lot of fun. Um, Lyle wouldn't know he wasn't there. He no, had, I was there. Yeah, had, the baseball relief. I was there. No, no, the wrestling part of it. After so with the, the with I got some questions with the baseball, Tony. You yeah. you work there. Um, I was obviously supporting Adelaide because they were getting great heat from the yeah. crowd. Um, uh, why do the heels always lose? No, no, well, they only lost that night. They beat us the night before. Oh, I should have been there the night yeah. before. So this was like the so the, so they so the Aces so the, were the fighting from underneath. Yeah, yeah correct. So the, the Aces won three. They played four games over the weekend: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Jesus and Christ. they won three one three in the series. So the Aces did well. Now one game behind Adelaide on top of the ladder and a spot in the in the spot on the as ranked number one for the finals is up for grabs this week. Melbourne play Perth, the Heat, so there'll be plenty of heat over there. And Adelaide play Geelong Korea, who I'm, we, I'm worried about the name Geelong Korea. What's why? going on there? Oh no, they're a full Korean team that have just based themselves in Geelong. Okay, yeah. interesting. Oh, I thought you said Korea, like it was no, no, Jim Korea. Korea. Yeah, no, no, like a, one of the papers is sponsoring it or something. So it's a team made up of younger Korean players, guys who are just coming back from injury and all that and who need some match practice. Yep. They sent them over here for two or three months. They is play. it North Korea or South Korea? Because no, I'm, be South. Because if it was North Korea, I'm not sure what's the worst place to live, North Korea or Geelong. Totally different interpretation yeah. of he's hit a bomb in North Korea. No, but which, where would you prefer to live, North Korea or Geelong? Well, that's a tough one. I'd you take should... North Korea. No. Have you been to Geelong? Yeah, it's disgusting. (laughs) Let me sleep on that decision. Yeah, exactly. So a great show. Congratulations to everyone. Joel Bateman and his team, they really put in some hard work. To put a show together like that in two two weeks weeks was just great. And my greatest uh, applause goes to the people who put the ring together. They did it in 40 minutes. Well, it's to put a wrestling a ring together in 40 minutes is amazing. Hmm. If that ever happens again, there's time for an On the Turnbuckle podcast to go in that little gap. Well, let's see what we can do. 40 minutes, we could, yeah, we we could, could do, do that. that. Well, well Lyle wouldn't be there, but yeah. it was just us two. Tony will be rolling can his you eyes when we go 57 minutes. Um, anyway, uh, the, the wrestling show was fantastic because we saw a lot of people who haven't worked with MCW before, and a lot of, they were very impressive. The, the PCW contingent, were fantastic. R before K needs to be everywhere. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're a promoter in Australia, book them because they are fantastic. Sammy Falcon is probably one of the most underrated guys going around. He is so crisp. The the bits he was doing with Richie Taylor were as crisp yeah. a wrestling as you'll see in Australia. The two of them were fantastic. It looked like they were fighting, but it also it was fast and it was it was smooth and and Ryan Rapid will, will jump off anything. So it's a fantastic team and and having Aisha and Carl Grove, it re, it's a it's a really good package. Um, I thought Murdoch did a really good job mm-hmm. against Ugg. He Ugg beat the shit out of him, as um, to be expected. And Murdoch, he, yes, he ran away for a while, um, but that was a really fun match. And, um, and and let it be said that the two of them probably aren't the most Fittest blokes in the wrestling ring, and who, whichever one of them decided 
that they were going to chase the other bloke up into the grandstand. <laughs> so you know what they say about uh, people in glass houses, Tony? Hey, I, did I say? They, I, I, they, they look perfectly fine in the Greyhound match. Yeah, they did. So yeah. maybe they, maybe they uh, used all their energy in that. And then we had the Wrestle Rock match, which was Fun Time Phil and the Big Sexy Unit, which was it was a lot of fun. So the Big Sexy Unit came out with the Melbourne Aces cheerleaders yeah, behind him, and that was uh, pretty huge. And so he got cleared. The four-way girls match was good. It was great. Yep. Um, I thought that they did a really good job, told a really good story, um, and got some time in the ring, which was really nice as well. And also the other thing too was uh, the the academy. I really enjoyed the uh, academy match. Yeah, they were match. good. Yeah. Uh, I feel like... All of those, all four of them are ready to wrestle on a permanent basis. So, um, yeah, hopefully we see a lot more of them. And, yeah, the main event, all four teams did a really good job. Uh, I'd like to see more of the Queensland guys, Lynx Lewis Jr. and Renegade. I've seen Renegade once before at PPW, and he was probably the highlight of that show. Um, and, And I think that I was having a chat to them prior to the show, and... Really, really nice guys. So they'd be fantastic in heat locker room. But um, I didn't realize they've been Queensland's so isolated from the rest of Australia when it comes to wrestling. And these guys have been plowing their trade for ten years. And when we talk about congratulations too, they were the they got they flew themselves down from Queensland, paid for themselves, and flew back last night, all off their own bat just to be a part of that. So that's amazing. Yeah, and. Um, if we've forgotten anyone, it's not because they weren't great. Because I thought every match was 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 good to great, and at very least was fun. Yeah, yeah it was. you you work you oh, work at the, sake, uh, at the with the Melbourne Aces. Got a new Tony. studio What's... and you're spilling drinks on the table. I didn't spill it. it it's stabilized. It's uh, my grapefruit strong zero. Mm. Um, it's a citrus. How... <laughs> I learned something last week. How was the the baseball side of it? Are they receptive to the wrestling? Oh, extremely. Moving yeah. forward, are we? Yeah, look, I think more. I think this could become a regular event. Yes, whether it, and whether it be for bushfire charity or whatever it might be, but there'll be something behind it. I think down the track, and I just think that the potential from what we saw last night, and the setup and the the way that the ring and all that can be set up, and the sixty and, camera angles, and the sixty camera angles that Mikey had at his disposal, I just think that we heard Robbie talking earlier about you know. That, the next level. Yeah, yep. next, next level. I think this could be it. This could be an Australian WrestleMania at a, at the ballpark where you get four, five, six thousand people. You get two and a half thousand in the stands. You can get two thousand seated inside the diamond and then standing room. And I reckon you could easily have an Australian wrestling, inverted commas, WrestleMania type event there, which would Super just show. be huge. Uh, yeah. It'd yeah, be huge. There's definitely a lot of potential. That's a that's a it's a really good venue, and I I, I'd envisage that um, it's something the other states could do with their baseball teams as well. For sure, the Sydney definitely could. Yeah, um, I think one of the advantages we had is the ability to be able to play the intros and stuff on our vision screen. I'm not sure too many other baseball uh, diamonds have a big vision screen like we have. No, well, they have a scoreboard, but they don't. Yeah, it was good though seeing. Seeing some of the matches on the big screen while you were watching it um, was a nice little, nice little touch and something that you don't see in Australia. So that was uh, the things that you can do with that venue um, are actually limit that they're limited by your imagination. Correct, correct. Even fireworks. Nah, fireworks are shit. 
<laughs> Pyros, anyway. Uh, let's move on, guys. Great work, as we said, to everyone involved with uh, Wrestling for Relief on the weekend. Indy Hartwell and her TV debut. How good's that? Yeah, it was uh, not announced. She was in the Battle Royal, but Didn't she... not take too long. She will always be able to say that on her debut, debut match, she was in the main event. Yeah. What did it take? Four months she's been there? I'm, I haven't been counting, but um, It'd be November three, she lives. Yeah, three to four. Three, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't, she, wouldn't be more than four, I wouldn't have thought. She's had a good, she's had a good uh, week because she also was on the Evolve show um, where she got the win over Brandy Lauren, I think it was. Um, she She's doing really well, and yeah. I think that they... Ha- it looks like they've got good plans for her. Um, and she was wrestling as Indy Hartwell. I don't know if she'll keep the name, but I hope she will because it's a... It is a good wrestling match. Yeah. Well, the fact that she started with it, I think, is a good indication that she probably will. Well, all of her gear says Indy on it, so she'll need completely new gear if they do change her name, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. Uh, very exciting to see her on NXT TV, that's for sure. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, Royal Rumble, boys, coming up next Monday. Um, I want to hear more about Lyle's date. Oh, I thought we'd cover that. We covered it a little bit with Robbie. Um, but Please ask. Um, I've, I did receive a lot of feedback on the weekend yep. about you taking your best friend's wife yep. on a date. Yeah. Um, Ridiculous. Would you... Look, I've looked into this further, Tony. Um, yeah. She's too attractive for Lyle anyway, so nothing untoward would have happened. So is that probably why he wasn't worried at all? <laughs> okay, it makes a little bit more sense now. Okay. No, he... Well... I think both of us collectively are batting way above our average collect uh, in our wives' department, which is uh, yeah. No, it was just a it was a nice night out down at the uh, Torquay Hotel, watching a band play sad songs and. Who shit. drove? I, I drove. You, well, I drive everywhere. So, uh, have you thought about asking her on a date next time to see a better band? Uh, no, it was her choice, um, obviously. But yeah, I've. I am hopeful for a second date, so I'm glad you brought that up, Welshie. Now, who's why? I, I, I know that um, my girlfriend's going to see Daniel Tosh this Friday. Okay. Now, you're going to see Daniel Tosh this Friday. Yes. You're not taking her, are you? Uh, not at this stage, but, you know, last night, or Sunday night's date went off without a hitch, so if she's willing, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I can, doubt uh, she is, but... I can ask for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, this could turn into a thing. Um, yeah, like everyone, uh, this is going to be the thing from now on. If there's an event that your significant other, male or female, yeah. wants to go to that you don't, Lyle will take your place at the event. There you go. We're I talking will... weddings, yep, funerals. Anything. Yep, I'm, I'm big on funerals. Because so. he likes to cry. We're talking <laughs> wrestling events, probably... What else? Because um, I like to bar cry. mitzvahs. Because oh, I like to cry. Um, brisks. Whatever, you, whatever event you do not want to go to with your partner, Lyle will take your place. Happy to chaperone. I'm just a good guy like that. There's a brisk where they take off the foreskin. Yeah. <laughs> There's an exception. He will not go. He will not go to any Essendon games. Oh, that's yeah. Well, that goes out saying. I had a mate of mine that was born without eyelids. <laughs> It's not the same thing, Tony. Oh, he was cross-eyed, though, when they used his foreskin <laughs> as a replacement at the circumcision. Thanks, Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Royal Rumble. Speaking of 
Jerry Lawler. Uh, who you got winning? Male and female Royal Rumble. Actually, I think you might have been cockeyed as well. That's enough. <laughs> Come on, we've moved, enough, on Tony. moved on to the Rumble now. Um, in the mail, I'm going to I'm going to say Edge. Edge? Uh, what am I going to say? I already had it written down oh, before man. you said it. All right, I'm going to change mine. Um, yeah, I think you said it last week. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, he's a little bit too deny uh, that he's been cleared. Doesn't mean he's going to win, though. Uh, just one big WrestleMania moment from Edge. He only has to... Can I give you mine? Yeah, go. CM Punk. Ooh. so we're, CM Punk. So we're all going with the comebacks, are we? But, I'm not. Are you, you going Brutus the Barber or something? Bro. <laughs> Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle wins. Ooh. And takes on Lesnar at WrestleMania. Wow. That, that would be good. It's a good storyline. That would be really good. Look, I think an NXT person's winning one of the two Rumbles. I've got yep. Io Shirai as my winner of the Women's Rumble. Yep. Because I want her on to be wrestling on Raw or SmackDown. I think that would improve their divisions. So, um, and she's the best wrestler in the world. Yep. That's, can't argue that. Yeah. Um, who you got winning the Women's Rumble? Uh, Shayna for mine. Yeah, that's a big chance. Yeah. Well. Rhea yeah. Ripley for me. Rhea, she's already got the championship. But I like that. It'll be interesting. We've, oh, all got, look, we've all got NXT. We've all got NXT. And yeah, I, and I yeah. only say that, Nutty, from seeing her star just being up at that absolute level and seeing it live in Chicago. And I think that... Did you go to Chicago, did you, I Tony? Did. <laughs> uh, hey, did, the, did your luggage ever show up? Yeah, it did. It two did. days it's later. Weird, it's weird because like, um, I came back from <laughs> Japan and I had a T-shirt for all for both of you. Yeah, yes, I appreciate that. Tony, it's been how? When did you go? Mine's to, at home. When did you go? To, we're at your house now. <laughs> we're, well, you've never. We're in a new studio, and Tony still hasn't produced the t-shirts. It's been. I'm looking three at months some, now. Oh, is it my t-shirt on the line? You've no, been wearing it, Tony. No, it's not. No, I'll get it. Work. I'll get it shortly. <laughs> I think we're going to see a title change as well. I think Daniel Bryan gets over against the Fiend. We'll see. We'll see. If they do that, the Fiend's character's dead. So I'm. Oh, really? I think so. Because where do you go from the Fiend losing? Yeah. yeah they've okay. back. They've booked themselves into a corner. Yeah. Well, the Fiend. I think the feud's just gone on too long for yeah, not to. Because I think the, the Fiend can beat Daniel, and Daniel can move on and do the next thing. I don't think the Fiend can move on from losing the title. If he loses, he's mortal. I think he's got to keep the title in le- mm. until. Everyone teams against him. Otherwise, to kill the movie to, monster. You, you, how do you kill a serial killer? You, how do you kill a, a monster? They always come back somehow. Becky Lincoln, Becky Lynch, and Oscar. Oscar. Gross. The Grouch. <laughs> the statue. A so Oscar. No, that just came out wrong. Award season, Tony. It is Golden Globes. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Oscar. Yeah. Oscar ref. I think um I, I think if Asuka wasn't already the tag team champion, I'd say that she would win. Um, but she's been dominating the feud, so I think Becky keeps it for a bit longer. Yep. Um, but we'll see. Um, I, I think Asuka's ready to to lead the division. She's been fantastic. Roman Reigns and King Corbin falls count anywhere match. Who cares? Yeah. No. no I, I think Roman wins. Is that the the dog food match? Does someone have to eat dog food, or is that a... Oh, I'm not sure. I'm a Baron Corbin fanatic, Yep. but um, I don't care. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, is there a chance we could see? Now, I'm, I'm hearing rumours, and I read the websites and stuff. And two of the big rumours that have really taken my traction is that we could see Ronda Rousey well, at Rumble. I haven't heard. I haven't, I'm not on the same uh, websites as you. I don't read the Brad Shepherd stuff, um, <laughs> uh, so I haven't seen that. But it wouldn't shock me, and it would be it'd be a good surprise. Yeah, that would be a great surprise. And the other one was the Undertaker. Well, isn't he stalking DDP now? No, that's the uh, understalker. Okay. Um, the Undertaker, perhaps, but I think they'll save him for Mania. Yep. Um, but we'll see. Royal Rumble's always a fun pay-per-view, so mm. looking forward I'm to hoping it. that Hillbilly Jim comes in and starts. doesn't wrestle, just gives his Hall of Fame speech. Ooh, it's going to be a two-and-a-half-hour Royal Rumble match. NXT Worlds Collide. So this is what I'm actually looking forward to, is the Worlds Collide show um, with the UK NXT versus the NXT in the US and Mustache Mountain versus DIY. And DIY, I'm just a huge fan of yep. DIY. I always have been. I think that is going to be... Well, as you can see around my house, I'm also a huge fan of DIY you're, as well. You're a fan of half doing, half DIY. Unfinished jobs. Um, but I think that'll be match of the weekend. And I think if it was in the Tokyo Dome, it would be nine stars. Nine. So breaking the, yeah. the seven stars. All right. Well, lucky well, it's Because Gargano breaks, like he, yep. Melts is a big Gargano mark. And I just think that uh, these four guys are going to be able to do, tell a story and do some things that um, are going to make, going to make you, uh, a bit aroused. Mm. Well, aroused, that's a yeah. word for wrestling. Looking forward to that. I don't mean sexually aroused. No, no, no. just excited. Sexually. Uh, on Facebook this week, gentlemen, Mark Williamson announcing his retirement from the wrestling world. Yeah, so um, Mark was, if you don't, if you haven't been with us for the whole journey, and most of you probably haven't. Is he our first? Mark was our yeah. first ever guest. So... We started doing this podcast with zero contacts. I mean, Tony said he had some, but they've all proven to not know who he is and call him Shineke. Tom Shineke. Um Mark agreed to do our podcast and um, and so took a chance on us. And and he was fa- he's been fantastic to us the whole way through. I loved Underworld Wrestling. I don't know if it's on hiatus or whether it'll be coming back. I don't know where it stands now with Mark taking a step away. Um, he's taking a step away. I did message him when he announced it, and he's taking a step away for the right reasons. He's he's just got more stuff on now to life, and he's happy, and he's he's got a beautiful partner who he's engaged to, and um, he just wants to devote his time elsewhere. So I wanted to personally thank Mark mm. on behalf of us, yep. the three of us, because um, without him taking that chance, who knows how long it would have taken for us to to get the confidence in what we do and to you know, to get some traction with the wrestling community. Fair call. Good work. Yeah, we both echo those sentiments. Definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. I had the confidence. I wasn't sure about you guys at the start. But... We still don't have the confidence in you, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, NAW, Lyle, your thoughts? Saturday nights? Yeah, I, I thought it was, a, it was a fun show. There was some stuff that was a little bit hit and miss. Seeing our boy, uh, Cody, Kid Valiant, yeah. uh, absolutely get murdered. Kobe. Kobe. Yeah, you said Cody. Did I? I yeah. I thought I said Kobe. That's right. I said Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely getting killed by uh, Damien Rivers and Vixen, but then sneaking out a, 
at a win. That was really good. Um, yeah, he looked good. Uh, he looked good out there. So, you know, it's good to see, you know, follow his journey and mm. seeing him live. That was good. He was uh, our second guest, wasn't he? Yeah, second guest. So thank you for the uh, trainee that took a chance on us. Um, now, um, I'll, I'll let you get back to this in a moment, but I've got spies everywhere, as you know. Okay. Is it true that you were eating dim sims in the crowd? Why wouldn't you? Well, dim sims is the best food ever invented. Not around other no, people. No, no. These were steamed dim sims, so the smell is not as bad. Yeah, they're no, worse. I would fried me. No, no, yeah, these ones true. weren't. These are, if, you know, I would fried they're me. almost odorless. Dim sims are, are delicious and they smell fine if you're eating them. Yeah. But for the person sitting next to you, it is a horrendous experience. I don't care. I don't, and if as long you as I'm happy. eat dim sims at a wrestling show, you are a prick. Well, I didn't mind being a prick. Brendan West is a big fan of this. Oh, well, yeah. He. And you lambasted him for it. What? And now you're doing it. Oh, cause and he was drinking cruisers. One cruiser. Yeah. Oh. And I saw I, a photo. You, you just, were drinking a cruiser. I assume you drank them all. It never ceased to amaze me. I'll tell you what, there was that much sugar in it. It took me back to my... Uh... Whose wife were you at the show with? Uh, <laughs> I now understand is as I look up there at the Falcons Finest 40, that neither of you guys are on there, but I am. I don't yeah, understand why. Because we didn't pick the team. Yeah, that's fair, Tony. We didn't sponsor the, uh, we the frames. We weren't president of the club. <laughs> anyway, continue. Yes, uh, seeing uh, Richie Taylor and Gore live, you know, I think they had 15 minutes, beat the absolute shit out of each other. That was good. Uh, very underrated tag team that don't do a lot outside NAW and I think maybe PPW, Raw Beef. They're amazing. The big, big... Uh, some big boys in there. So, uh, yeah, for $20 ticket, it was uh, it was a decent night out. So. Excellent. Good crowd? Yeah, good crowd. They, were, they would have had 150 oh, in good. there. The Glenroy Bowls Club. That was the second half of the show. Yeah, it seemed a little bit overbooked for my liking. A little bit too many moving parts. But, geez, the baby faces were over in that mm. crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And the Glen, and that bowling club is fairly small, so 150 would have been yeah, just a, it was, a good yeah, crowd. It was packed on top yeah. of on top of the on top of the ring. Decent atmosphere. The main event, the crowd went crazy for. I'm pretty sure two people died in the middle of the ring. Um, Who was the main event? Uh, it was a mixed tag triple threat. Okay, so Crusher Cole and his sister Nicole Cole, which I thought was absolutely amazing. Uh, play Bad on parents. The, yeah. I blame the parents. <laughs> well, for the crusher? I thought that no, was wrestling. No, Cole, Cole. Yeah. Come on. Um, and it's a couple, like of, couple of guys in the ring that I haven't seen live before. Um, yeah, the crowd were, they were fired up for the babyface comeback, which was good in, in uh, you know, 150 people going absolutely nuts. You know, I'm not across the whole storyline, so I'm not sure the people dying in the ring, what that meant, but you know, maybe they'll tell me next show. Mm. Okay. Uh, Lyle, time for you to tell us what happened in AEW yeah, this so, afternoon. Yep, no, uh, overall, it was a really good show, top to bottom. Um, I think it was one of their best. Um, yeah, they're doing well this year. Last last week was pretty good as well. Uh, DDP in another main event um, with some other celebrities. Uh, celebrities? Yeah, yeah, some celebrities in there, another tag team match, which is good because he's 63. Yep. You don't want him working single matches. And seeing... Um, you know, Billy Kidman on the screen again. Billy Kidman? Yeah, he uh, he worked one of the uh, early matches. Lyle? Yeah. Did 
Volano 4 and 5 wrestle against Cyclope and Damien at all? Yeah, they opened up the Bash of the Beach. Because, Tony, they're doing the double Bash of the Beach okay. last, Dennis, week. Yeah, Dennis, this week. Was the celebrities Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone? Uh, yeah, some basketball players. I'm not too sure. You were watching Bash of the Beach 98, you dickhead. Nah, that, that doesn't sound right. That was a WCW show. I'm checking my notes here. No, Goldberg defeated Kurt Henning for the... <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> He's not even alive. Oh, Lord. So when I've yelled out to you're disgraceful to Siri to upload, you know, kick off Bash at the Beach, it's gone straight to my hey, WWE it network. It didn't, or, didn't tip you off at the WWE network, boot it up. Oh no, because I think I must have ducked off to grab myself a uh, nice a citrus sim, sim drink. Probably no a citrus drink, um, an orange one. <laughs> and yeah, by the time I'd come back, the Volanos are in the ring, and I'm this is all right. So okay, so. I'm sorry about that, guys. I yeah. haven't watched the show yet. I'll have to watch it like you, I think, uh, peasants. I think Google is still in its developmental phase. Yeah, so I just said bash at the... See, this is Tony yeah. Khan's fault. Yeah, it is. For it mixing... Is. Yeah. It always is. Oh, well, I'm oh, sorry, well, guys. those predictions. Or the... Uh, the. This is the worst look. W... Uh, the AEW. worst AEW review ever. Yeah. DDP in a main event. Yeah. Can we get... Uh, let's have a look at what's coming up this week, boys. Friday the 24th of December. You're kidding me. I mean, how <laughs> <laughs> are we done? Obviously, it's January, Tony. See, hey, Tony. No, no, no not what, obviously. What, no. what did the what did the run sheet say last week, Tony? It had December, but I crossed it out before we went Thank to it. Thank you, Bob. So looking after you. No, obviously is not correct. Friday the 24th of January, Wrestling Go in Sydney presents You can, you can Sydney. do these run sheets yourself if you want. No, no, I'm happy oh, no. you to do them. Just do them bloody right. Uh, Presents Sydney Collective with Jessica Troy taking on Shazza McKenzie. That'll be a ripper of a uh, about that one. And Maddie Wahlberg up against Gavin McGavin. That'll be a two ripper. First names. That'll be a ripper. Mm. Uh, BCW in Melbourne returns with Sid Parker taking on the Ultimo Dragon. Mick Murray also will be. Was in Ultimo action. Dragon on that bash at the beach that you watched? Now that he, that's why, he could have. There was a lot of cruiser. Yeah, there's a lot of cruiser. That's why I paused now. for a second and thinking, did Vlad write this? I just, yeah, no, nah, they were bigger than the AEW. Yeah, on Christmas Day, <laughs> Mark, Mar- Mark Moretti also in action in that BCW match. The hooligan Mark. Saturday, Moretti. December the twenty fifth, <laughs> Christmas Day, according to my run sheet. PCW January twenty fifth. PCW Summer Series Final is in Ferntree Gully. MCW fans who might have had their first look at some of the talented guys coming out of the PCW should make the trip down the freeway to see RB4K, a big part of the current storylines there at PCW. Body Slam Hardcore Wrestling and Heavy Metal event takes place at Max Watts in Melbourne. Not Sydney. Melbourne. Max Watts in Melbourne. Yeah. Proceeds going to the bushfire charities. It'll be uh, a loud event, and it will be violent. There's a couple no of doubt about that. If it's that called one. hardcore wrestling, body slam, it will be violent. Uh, GPW will be part of a, a festival event for the Lakes Entrance Foreshore in an event that will raise money for the Gippsland Emergency Relief Fund. Adelaide Championship Wrestling returned with Evolve 27, who are advertising Adam Brooks in his first ever intergender match. Yes, so mm. I'm interested to see that. He loves getting over it's that. It's a tag match, so uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. If you're promoting a show, please get in contact with us. We love to let people know exactly where you are wrestling on a weekend, so let us know that. If you've got an idea for a podcast as well, contact my podcast house 
or on the Turnbuckle through our Facebook pages, and we'll help you get on air. And you've got to make sure you tune in next week as well. Who we got? I don't know yet. All right, we're working on that. Yeah, well, I haven't started. Well, it's a Monday, so it's, we usually record on a Wednesday. Yeah, so that's true. Good point. Um, you got a week and a half now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, thank you, boys. Fantastic uh, having a chat to Robbie Eagles today. Definitely. Yeah, it was very fun. All right, and we'll catch you later. Did I tell you that my mate also had great foresight as well? <laughs> a very good bye. See ya.